All right, well, we are in week four of Rethink. How many think this has been an amazing series so far, hasn't it? It has been. Uh, we've gotten such great feedback. I don't know about you, but every week, the first three weeks, it's just I've learned a lot. God's been talking to me and teaching me things and showing me things. Every weekend's message has been fantastic. You can go online and listen and watch if you've missed them, or even if you didn't. It's just one of those series that there's several of these messages that you may want to watch several times just to kind of get it in our minds and our hearts and our spirits. And one of the things that's been happening to me is I've been going through this journey of rethink and sitting and listening to some of the great messages Pastor Rob's been teaching. I've just been reminded of how often... Uh, myself and all of us are just, how many know that sometimes we're just a little off in our thinking? You know that? How many know that sometimes our perspective's just a little off? And uh, hopefully you're humble enough to admit that, because it is so true. And sometimes I've been thinking throughout this series of just times in my life and things I've remembered and and, uh, experiences that come back to my mind where I just think, man, my thinking was just off there. And it's just a humorous example, but a year and a half, two years ago, I was thinking about, I left my house, I live not too far here from the church and was driving in a, uh, down a road in a neighborhood close to us. I was coming down this hill and I, found, I saw in my rearview mirror these flashing lights behind me. Now I know that's never happened to anybody else, but it happened to me. And uh, the siren turned on and the flashing lights were going. I'm thinking my neighbors, uh, how embarrassing and stuff like that. I got to the bottom and I stopped. I was coming down a hill and he was behind me. I stopped and the police officer pulled me over and he was walking up to my car. And I want you to know I had my A game on. I mean, I yes sirred him, no sir him. I mean, I was so respectful, and I mean, it was like royalty, whatever you want, master. I was all about it because I had a clean record. I don't want any tickets. And he can't. And then you know, I was like, hey, sir, you know, I'm I'm on my way to church. I'm a pastor. I played that card. Um, <laughs> totally didn't work either, but I played that card. And uh, so, and he's, he was kind of by the book, hey, license and registration, took it from him. And there wasn't, we didn't have a connection life group kind of thing. And, uh, and so he, he took it and went back to the squad car and they kind of give you those moments to, I don't know what they're trying to do to you, but they give you those moments. And I'm just praying in the spirit while he's gone. I'm like, Jesus, 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 you know, just asking God, just, I don't, you know, and he comes back to the window of my car and reaches and says, here you go, sir. Have a good day. And hands me a ticket for $135. And I'm like, no warning, no nothing, where's the grace, come on, you know. And my thought was, my thought was, the devil put him here to ruin my week. (laughs) I'm serious as a heart attack, that was my thought. I'm like, devil, I'm going to get, you know, I'm just, and and I think back on that, that experience, and I thought, I'm just off in my thinking at times. How many of you know the reason he was there and the reason I got a ticket was because I was going 42 and a 30? That was the reason. I was speeding and I got a ticket. It wasn't the devil put him there, right? And I mean, there's these moments and you just get reminded of, wow, I'm just a little bit off. And I, every day probably I'm a little bit off and I need these adjustments and I need to apply these scriptures and these principles that we've been talking about throughout this series. And it's just, it's just been inspiring to me. So we're going to jump in in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 and 9. I'm going to read it pretty quick and it's our theme verse for this final weekend, week four of our series. And uh, I'm going to read through it, and then I'm going to share a couple introductory thoughts, and then we're going to come back and look at verse number eight a little closer. So let's jump in together. Philippians 4, 8, 9. It'll be up on the screen. If you want to take some notes, I encourage you to do that and open your Bibles as well. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent, 
Think about things that are worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace, then the God of peace will be with you. When you do this, then the God of peace will be with you. The first three weeks of this teaching series, um, we, we learned so much about getting the bad thoughts out, about bringing thoughts captive, about displacing the bad and getting the good in, about standing on God's word and his principles. We learned a lot about some, you know, some of the past things that come into our lives and affect our thinking and that God's power overcomes that. And, and really, there was a strong, about the spiritual battle that takes place that Pastor Rob taught us. And it's just, again, incredible three weeks of get, getting the junk out and bringing it captive and honoring God. This weekend's message, we're going to shift gears. And we're going we're gonna to look at and talk about the God thoughts that he wants us to have. We're going to talk about the positive life-giving thoughts that God wants to be in our lives. The ways you and I should be thinking if we truly want to honor God in our lives. So we're going to trust that all of us have kind of grabbed a hold of, we got to get the junk out, and we got to bring it captive, and we're always going to need to do that. But we're going to focus on, what should I be thinking about? What are the thoughts that should be dominating and focusing on in my mind that I should be dwelling on and stuff like that. And that, that will be our goal for this weekend's message. And just to ask you a question, it is okay, isn't it, if Christians think positive thoughts? It is okay, isn't it, if we think God-honoring thoughts, we think bigger thoughts, and we think life-giving thoughts? As long as they're thoughts that honor God and obey Scripture, it is okay, isn't it? If we have those kind of thoughts, it is. And Scripture talks about it, so we're going to look at that. So verse number 8, again, our theme verse this weekend. I want to read it. Let's look. It'll be up on the screen as well. It says, and now, Paul says, and now, dear brothers and sisters. We'll pause there. I want you to notice, and I want you to understand that if you are a Christ follower today, if you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, or if you're seeking and exploring the faith and you want to honor God, and this is, this is something where you want to jump in and get to know Christ better, I want you to notice that the audience that Paul is speaking to is brothers and sisters in Christ. Those that would say, I want God at the center of my life. So, so that's the audience. And then notice what he says next. He says one final thing. One final thing. Before he finishes Philippians, before he lets them go on to the next thing, before he wraps up this book and this chapter, he says, I have one final lesson leadership lesson, life lesson that I want to teach you. So he sets it up that way, and then he shares these words. Fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable, on what is right, on pure things, on what's lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent. Think about things that are worthy of praise. Notice here, it's really key because it's what our focus is this weekend, Notice that Paul isn't instructing all of his brothers and sisters, all the other Christians and all the people trying to find out more about God. He's not, he's not telling them what not to think about. You notice that? He's not saying, don't think about this, don't think about this, don't think about this. He is actually instructing them what to think about. Do you see that? He's telling them what they should have in their minds what should dominate their thought processes. And so this is a different look at it. And notice that Paul doesn't just say, hey, have really good thoughts. He doesn't say, hey, have God thoughts. He doesn't say, hey, just think really good things. He actually says, here's the specific things I want you to think about. 
It's really strong. So he's not only saying have God thought, he says, here's what I want you to think about when you try to honor God and desire God's best in your life. And he gives these specifics, and let's look at them. We won't teach on each one, but we'll just kind of walk through them really quick. He says, hey, think about things that are true. Think about things that are true. Hold on to things that are true. And stuff that's not true, don't dwell on it. Dr. Walter Cavert, he did a study, hundreds of people, and I was reading a little bit about it this past week, and in his study he found out of people's anxieties and worries and concerns about what they're facing. It just grabbed my heart, and I thought, wow, this is so true. He found out that 8% of the concerns and the worries were legitimate. 8%. And over 90% of what people get worried and concerned about was kind of based in an anxiety and exaggeration and untruth and projecting what might be bad down the road. That you don't even know whether it's going to happen or not. You just project out. And I thought, boy, that is so true. In our journey, in our walk, that, uh, you know, that 8% of the time it's, it, we're concerned about rock-solid stuff right in front of us, a lot of time we're projecting into things we don't need to. We don't know how that's going to turn out in whatever area of our lives. So think on things that are, that are really true, that are honorable. He says, is it honorable? If it's honorable, think about it. Do you know anybody that's honorable? Do you have anybody in your life that's honorable that you look up and say, you know, not perfect, but they're honorable? Some of the qualities in their life, think, think about those kind of qualities. He keeps going, he says, is it right? Fix your thoughts on things that are right. If they're not right, don't fix your thoughts on them. But if they're right, God, is this right? Is this true? Is this honorable? He says, pure, pure. Wow, how many of us know that it's really important that we all think about thoughts that are pure? Right, isn't it? How many know the Apostle Paul didn't just write this to young people and singles? Right? He wrote it to everybody in the church. He wrote to all the brothers and sisters in Christ. You got to have pure thoughts. You got to think on thoughts that are pure. That could be a whole other teaching, but it's just an encouragement that he gives us. He uses the word lovely. Lovely. Other translations say gracious. Think about things that are lovely and gracious. He uses the term admirable. Another term for admirable in, in the message paraphrase is compelling. Is it compelling? Does it pull out God's best in you? Does it expand the vision of who God wants you to be? Does it grab your heart in a significant way? He says, think about things that are admirable. Think about things that are compelling, that pull us towards God's amazing plan for our lives. And the last thing he says is, think about things that are excellent and think about things that are worthy of praise. Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? The, the worship, incredible worship that we had this weekend in our services, just is it worthy of praise? Does it lift us up? Is it something that we just say, God, when I, when I think those kind of thoughts, I see how big and how great and how amazing you are. And notice in verse 8, he says, and the different, the different translations say it this way. Some say fix your mind, fix your thoughts, meditate, or dwell on. It's more than the whole idea of Philippians 4.8 is more than just have a, a quick thought that then we dismiss about some good things. It, the real teaching of Philippians 4.8 is there's almost a rhythm, uh, a continued experience where we in a repetitive way say, God, every day I choose to think these thoughts. It's not something I just do once. Every day I choose to think these thoughts. I want these thoughts focused and dominating and moving around in my mind in a way that would honor you. And that's what God asks us to do in this whole series of Rethink. So we understand what Paul's instruction is. And here's where we're going to go with this. 
when I study things like this and I look at this and I read that scripture and I, and I walk through what we just did and look at all those characteristics, here's how I respond. I respond, God, I'm in. I want to do it, so how, to, how do I? How do I do it, God? How do I think those kind of thoughts? How do I let my mind dwell on those kind of things? Because, I mean, you know, it doesn't happen automatically. You can have a great worship time and a good teaching time and stuff, and it's way easier than it is Monday at 2 o'clock at work, right? It just is, or at school or wherever we're at or driving down the road and the policeman pulls us over. But anyways, it's, it's so much of a challenge at times to have these kind of thoughts. So, so what, are my, what are my next steps? What I'm going to share with you for a few moments is just a few things that I do and that I'm, I'm trying to do better and God's showing me throughout this series. Because how many know that we all need help? I sure do. I need help to accomplish this in my life. Week two of the series, Pastor Rob shared some of the process and the plan he has to think the right thoughts and get the bad out and stuff like this. So I'm going to share with you some of the things I do. What's key is that you have a plan. Okay? You don't have to do exactly what I do, but you have a plan, that you have a purpose, that you say, this is, this is my plan. It's not just, oh, I'm going to do it, but God, here's how I'm going to go about it in the way that I think the positive thoughts you want me, the God-honoring thoughts that you want me to think. So let me share, and I, and I jotted down things I think can apply not just to me, they can apply to everything. The first thing that I do is what we call SOAP. SOAP. SOAP is our Bible reading kind of devotional plan at River Valley Church. You can go online, you can see it, it's one of those things, our pastors, our elders, our deacons, our staff, we ask everybody in the church to be a part of SOAP. You say, well, not everybody's doing it. We ask everybody to do it. And it's, it's simple, it's good, it's, it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Okay, and so there's a scripture reading every day, and then you observe, you pray about it, and dialogue, you journal about it, whatever it might be, and just say, God, I want to have soap. I want to have scripture operating in my life, in my mind every day. And when that happens, incredible things will take place in my life. I don't know if you noticed uh, our soap for, for Tuesday, I was reading our soap on Tuesday, was, uh, was Romans chapter 8. And it's one of those mornings I was reading it, and in Romans chapter 8 alone, see if this helps our thinking, it started off by saying, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and who are pursuing God's best. I'm like, I need that. I don't want condemnation in my life, and I'm going to pursue God's best. Then the few verses later, it said, by the way, if you are a Christ follower, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And I'm like, how cool is that? God's spirit, God's power dwells in me. I keep reading in that soap of that, day, of that day. Just in this one chapter of Romans, it finishes up kind of talking about, and by the way, through Christ, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read those things and truly kind of let it sink in, it affects the way I think. And when I take that into my day, I'm better in meetings, I'm better in dialogue, I'm better in talking to people. It is just so helpful, so I encourage you. Wow, sometimes I read soap and I'm just like, wow, that is so appropriate for what God's doing in my life. That's, that's one area. Another area I would say that helps me rethink and think better thoughts, that some, some of the people that help me do it. The first one I'd say is my wife, Jane. And all the married men said, amen, right? Amen. Mary, you gotta listen, right? And uh, it's so true, she does though. She's an incredible blessing, incredible helpmate. His incredible wisdom at times to just re-steer me, get me back. Honey, babe, this is not this. It's this. Here's the truth. And we all need that. I have mentors, a few mentors in my life. And I need mentors in my life. I need them that speak to me and help me and guide me at times. Christian friends 
that will just say, praying for you about this, or what about this, or, you know, don't have that thought. This is, this just let this, you know, and friends that kind of help steer me a little bit. I don't know about you, but we all need that. We all need those people in our lives, don't we? I mean, we do. We need those people in our lives that kind of speak to us at times and help us. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. What a great verse. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I tell you, um, just to be honest, at times when a, a mentor, a spouse, or a Christian friend, or somebody that we trust and we know has our back, and, and they share a challenge with us, it's not always fun. It's not. But we need to hear it. And as long as we know that they love us, as long as we know that they have our back and they're pulling for us, we, it, it works. It's good. And we all, I do, every one of us, we all need to be challenged at times, don't we? We do. And so part of the rethink process is just saying, God, I need these people in my life. A couple other areas. I would, call it, I would say it this way. Authors, speakers, podcasts. Um, I, I, am, I am not a reader by desire. I'm a discipline reader. Uh, and so I read out of, out of habit. I don't enjoy it a lot, but I know that it's part of my life, and so I want to be more of a reader. And so the last 15 years, I've developed that habit. And uh, so when I read or I'm listening to podcasts or listening to other speakers, I'm pretty intentional because time's precious of, of what, I, what I let in. But it just, I don't know if this happens to you, but it, it just works on my character a little bit. Works on my frame of reference. It, it stretches my thinking. Sometimes I get a little too focused, a little too narrow and tunnel vision a little bit. And God wants to expand it and remind me that there's a big world and he's a big God. And so those things help me kind of stretch and rethink and think God thoughts. And the last one I would share with you is this, serving opportunities. Serving opportunities. Uh, it's part of one of those experiences that helps me rethink. Yesterday, you know, we have, we're doing Awake 21, and our prayer focus yesterday was praying for local service projects. Don't know if you know that or not, but Pastor Lisa heads that up, and there's so many different incredible opportunities to serve the hurting, the poor, and the needy, and the under-resourced in our community and uh, it's just a blessing when we do that. We were in Africa on our missions trip in December, came back uh, early mid-December, and Jane and I and one of our daughters, we went to, uh, with the church on a service project, we went to Feed My Starving Children just a week before Christmas. And we just spent 90 minutes, 90 minutes packing food, boxing food, getting it ready, doing the mix, all that kind of stuff, getting together for this ministry that ships it to starving and hurting children all over the world. And I tell you, after those 90 minutes, um, I'm just a better person. I think differently. It kind of affects me for the next week or so. Because I think a few things. I think, wow, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I think, I don't ever have to eat this food. you know. But I think, I'm so blessed. Because I look at the soybean and all that kind of, I'm not a soybean guy. But I look at it and say, wow, God, you've been so good to me. You've been so good to me. And I also leave thinking, God, what else should I do for you? What else should I do for 90 minutes? So whatever it is in the different area of service that jumps in your heart, it helps us, it helps us rethink. Now, as we wrap up this weekend's message for the last few minutes, I'm going to share with you two application steps, okay? And I really want you to kind of dial in with me here. Two application steps. The first one's a little unique. I uh, don't normally share it this way, but I'm going to still give it to you and you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. The first application step I have for you is I'm going to encourage you to read Exodus chapter 3, 
in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 4. Two chapters, in addition to your soap, today, tomorrow, the next day, read Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. We just don't have the time to teach on it this weekend, but it, it's a story and it, it kind of displays a little bit of the life of an amazing, incredible leader for God of the Old Testament by the name of Moses. We know him, incredible hero of the faith. Moses has this interaction with God and it just grabbed my heart this week because it's right after the burning bush where God came alive to him and he saw the miracles and all that kind of stuff. And then God started to share with him some of, the, some of the amazing plans he had for his life and some of the great opportunities that God wanted him to go out and share and help people and, and champion God's vision and the earth. and all. God started to share and lay out some of these things. And Moses, the great leader, he says to God, he has this dialogue with God in chapter 3 and chapter 4 and basically says to God, God, I can't. God, I'm not smart enough. God, I, I have a speech impediment. God, I don't know you well enough. God, they will not listen to me if I go out and do this. And he kind of does this litany of things. God actually gets frustrated but says to him, fine, I will send somebody to help you. So he sends Aaron to help him, and they're going to go out and do this journey for God together. And what grabs my mind about it is, is one of the most amazing leaders of the Old Testament needed to renew and transform his mind. He had bad thinking. And I thought, we all have bad thinking. And here's what was cool. Even though he was kind of, God, I can't, and his thoughts were, God, it's not going to work, God never gave up on him. Church, God never gave up on him. You and I have those thoughts too. We know we do. God knows we do. And we think, I can never do a global team. I can never lead a life group. I can never share Christ with my coworker. I, I, I couldn't, you know, and we have those thoughts, and God's like, yes, you can. But he never gives up. He never gives, I can never break that sin. I can never let go of that. And, and God never gives up on us because he's pulling for us. He's pulling for us, just like he was for Moses. So like we talked about, he may send somebody else to help us. So I encourage you. I encourage you to read Exodus chapter 3 and 4. The next application step is I'm going to ask you to, to embrace and act upon what we're going to call our six rethink declarations. Now, you're going to want to write these down on a connection card. You can put them in your smartphone or whatever. Uh, each service this weekend, afterwards, people are like, oh, I wish you would have had that on a card for us. Oh, we need to do that. So I'm going to encourage you, get ready to write these down. They're short. It just takes a minute, and there are six rethink declarations that will be an incredible kind of blessing as we wrap up this series of rethink. And let me start by just reading James 1.22, and then we'll, I'll give them to you. It says, James 1.22, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourselves. So in this series, um, we want it to be way more for all of us, all of us here, we want it to be way more than, oh, every week was good, and oh, I took all the information in, and oh, I love the scriptures, and Pastor Rob, way to go, all those weeks were good, and hopefully, oh, week four was good, way to go. We want it to be more than that. We want it to be something that really affects our lives, and we do something with it. Information and inspiration alone is not going to get it done. We've got to have an action plan that incorporates it into our lives. So whether you're a student, a young person, a single adult, a married adult, I'm going to give you six declarations and kind of explain where we, what we should do with them over the next several days. And it's just going to be hopefully a blessing to you. So I know some people say, oh, everybody's not going to do these, Pastor. You know, they're just, oh, well, you know what, church, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's walk out of this series, wrap it up, and, and just say, God, this, I'm going to be a different person in the way I think for the glory of God. Because, God, you want to do it in my life. So here we go. The first rethink declaration. Remember, it's not just a point. It's a declaration. The first one is, God loves me unconditionally. 
God loves me unconditionally. It's true. I know it. He loves me. I'm not going to waver on that. I'm not going to falter on that. God loves me unconditionally. It's the first declaration. The next one is this. I can do whatever I need to do with Christ. I can do whatever I need to do with Christ. We know the Scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And it's just so incredible that we stand on that declaration. If God has me prepared and destined to do it, with His help, I can do it. Not by myself, not my own power, but with God's help, I can do it. I can face the challenge I'm facing at work. I can face the health challenge I'm facing. I can face the relational challenge I'm facing. I can do it because God's strength will help me do it. It's one of those declarations that we make. The next one is really cool. God, it's simple. God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. Did you know that? The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. God is rock solid. He's, if somebody hasn't told you that in a while, let me be the one to tell you today. God is rock solid. He is trustworthy. You can bank on it. He is an incredible Savior who loves us and has our back. And because God is trustworthy, my next declaration is this. I will trust God completely. I will trust God completely. I will. I have made that decision. I will trust God completely. The next one, two more. Next declaration. I will not live in fear. I will not live in fear. I know it's hard. I know I face fear like we all do. But one of my declarations that I want to be a part of my life coming out of this series is I will not live in fear. I won't. And we know it's hard, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to live in fear. And I won't take more time. Ms. Becca taught an incredible message on fear at Chick Night on Sunday night. It's online. You can watch it. It'll be a blessing on this whole area of not living in fear. But that's one of our declarations. And the last declaration, because of all the other ones, I would say it this way, I will put God first in my life. I will. I, I declare it. I will put God first in my life in every situation. God, you are number one in my life. It's just so true. Joyce Meyer and other people have written, but Joyce has some incredible books on just the power of thinking God thoughts and it's been an incredible help to me in this series, and Pastor Rob and others encourage you to get your hands on that kind of stuff. But these six rethink declarations, I think, are great application steps for our, our church family. Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's my challenge. Here's what I felt in my encouragement to you that I felt all week leading up to this series. We have been in a 21 days of prayer and fasting at River Valley, and we're in our last week, seven more days. I ask you, I feel led to challenge you for the next seven days to pray these six declarations every day. Every day. It takes you five or ten minutes. And watch God transform your mind. Watch God change the way we think. Watch rethink happen and there's an application step and we just kind of get it in our spirit and our hearts. I encourage you to do it. You may want to do it. what I do. I have this little index card in my pocket because I've been doing this for a couple days. And it just has the six of them on here. Just has them there. And I'm just going to pray them every day. God, I know you love me unconditionally. God, I will not live in fear. God, you are trustworthy, and because you are, I will trust you completely. 
And, just, and I just have it on this little index card. You may have it on your phone or whatever. I tell you, when I do that, and I've been doing it for a few days, and I start going into my soap time, it changes the way I think. And it's not just pie in the sky, positive thinking. It's truth of God's word. It's honoring God's word. And, and that's, what we, that's what we want to happen. As I get ready to close, one of the things that's you know, kind of rocked me in this series is, is thinking, because we've been do, talking about thought life and who, how we think and stuff like that. And sometimes I spend way too much time worrying about what other people think about me. Now, we should be concerned and considerate and we should care about it, no doubt about that. But sometimes we worry and we get anxious and people look at us a certain way and they're not even thinking anything and we think they, you know, whatever. And we just, we get things going in our mind and the enemy gets in there and tries to take us in the wrong direction about other people's thoughts. You know, we've been four weeks dealing with the topic of rethink and thinking thoughts that honor God. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever wondered what God thinks about you? Have you ever wondered what God thinks about you? When you and I come to God's mind, what does he think about you and I? What a great question. You know what I love about Scripture? Is it answers this question for us. It gives us a clear answer. It's one of my favorite verses about what God thinks about us. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, God, God says, you want to know what I'm thinking about you? Here it is. It's, I know the plans I have for you, declares, declaration, declares the Lord. The plans I have for you are to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So God says, the plans and the thoughts I have for you is, I'm pulling for you. I want the best for you. I want you to have a a future that's filled with hope. And if you will sell out, if you will surrender to me, if you will go all in with God, God says, I desire to lead every step of your life. And I love that God has that desire and that heart for us. So as we get ready to close this, this series and this service and this weekend, let's be all in. Let's say, God, I want you at the center of my life. God, I want you to help me rethink because I want to honor you in every area of my life.